0: The title of our lesson this morning is Faith Produces Works. Now, are we saved by works? No, but faith does produce works. Our family theme is God's people live by faith. Our objective is that we might demonstrate our faith by putting it into action. We'll be in Hebrews 11 this morning. We have two key truths. Number one, Uh, Faith is being confident in what God says will come to pass. Now remember, what God says will come to pass. Second key truth is true faith results in action. On the Bible, basis, what we're to know, we're encouraged to memorize uh, Hebrews 11.1. And Hebrews 11.1 gives us a description of what faith is. And it simply says, now faith is the of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. In order to get started, we, all, we talk a lot about faith, but give me some examples, some simple examples, I guess, of how we exercise faith almost every day in certain, certain ways. What are some of the ways we exercise faith each and every day? you got faith going to turn on, right? Yeah. You hope we're not... Again, yeah, we do. Um, I've mentioned this several times, but uh, my dad and I built a bridge one time. He engineered it. and uh, It was a 40-foot bridge. Now, I, I know that don't sound like much, but it's, it's quite a task to do that. And he was so confident... How strong it was. And I said, well, drive your van across there. And he refused to do it. Why? He didn't really have the faith that it was going to hold him up. Because if you have faith in something, you will flip that license. You'll turn that car key. Or even as simple as sitting in a chair. You have faith what? It's going to hold you up. Okay? So, again, we we, we exercise faith Every day. And so, uh, Cheryl, you mentioned turning that light switch on, Dan the, in the car, and other things like that. Why do we have faith in things like that? Say the what? Yeah, it's happened before. It's, that light came on. Now we know, and Dan with the car the same way, but we know one of the worst feelings you get if you're in a hurry going somewhere and you go out there and turn that key, what happens? Nothing happened, right? But you thought it would because it'd been pretty, pretty, you know, consistent through the years. And so today, hopefully, we're going to find out uh, what it means for believers like you and I to place our faith in God. Now, this is our second or third lesson uh, in the book of Hebrews. By the way, we'll be in uh, the book of Titus next week. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, this letter was written to Hebrew Christians and they were being tempted and strongly considering reverting back, going back into Judaism, uh, because of the difficulties uh, they were having. And of course, they considered abandoning the gospel of Jesus Christ. They thought, if I do that, I'll get rid of a lot of the pain I'm suffering, all the persecution. It'll help my life be better. So the writer of Hebrews spends almost the entire letter sharing with them how important it is to stay where they are. He reminds them that Jesus Christ is superior to what? Everything. Everything we had in the Old Testament, under the law. All those things. It doesn't matter. You know, individually put them all together. And guess what? Jesus is superior. Stay with the Lord Jesus Christ. And also it's interesting. Now in chapter 11, he begins to give, a, a not just a definition, but a description of what faith is. And he shares in chapter 11 of Hebrews how that throughout the Old Testament, throughout the Jewish history, their people had demonstrated faith in God. Now, hold on here for a minute, okay? And we're going to find out a lot of things the patriarchs uh, were looking forward to. They didn't get in this light. Isn't that true? Did they lose their faith? No. And so the writer of Hebrews saying, look they persevered they kept their faith in what god said and you need to do the same thing even though you're having difficult times in your life so our first key point is that faith is being confident that what god says will come to pass let's read the first three verses please hebrews 11 Thank you, Dan. Do we hear people in our world talk a lot about the, uh, use the word faith a lot? Sure we do? Uh, back during the COVID, when we were we were wearing masks, I I stopped. Uh, I think it was United Dairy Farm on Beachmont somewhere, and uh, the cashier had a mask on. And said, "Have faith." And so you know me, I said, "Have faith in what?" And she couldn't tell me. Just have faith. And we live in a society that kind of throws that word around. Uh, They can't define it. And they can't explain it. Or if they do, it's very poorly explained. So, you know, we're looking today at what is true biblical faith? Now, by the way, I hope I can ask this question in the right way. How strong is faith? Say it again, Sandy. It's only as strong as what we put our faith in. Isn't that true? Now, again, we can have faith that that car is going to start, but if the battery's dead. Guess what? It's not going to happen. We can have faith that that chair is going to hold us up. If that chair doesn't hold us up, it's not good. So faith is only as strong as the object we place it in. Now for some people, uh, I know speaking to my sister, the one that experienced the fire, I haven't had a chance to talk with her, I've texted her, I know she's busy. But back when they found that tumor on her lungs, she said to me, I'm just going to have faith. Faith in who? Now I didn't criticize. That wasn't the time to do it, but that's how the world thinks. And for them, faith is simply positive thinking, right? I'm just going to have faith. But how many know that biblical faith is not just a positive feeling? Because what about our feelings? What, what What do you know about your feelings? They what? What do you mean? Yeah, that could be hollow. Uh, Dan, uh, Alan and I were talking about you this morning. And every time you ask Dan how he's doing, he's doing wonderful. Now, if he comes in and tells me, you know, okay, I know something wrong, okay? <laughs> and Alan says he needs to calm down a little bit. You know, he's, he needs to try, you know, be more excited about whatever, you know. But that's what the world does. But biblical faith is more than that. And Dan, I'm not criticized, I don't mean that. But those in the world think it's just a good feeling, but our feelings do. They rise and they fall. They change. They Andy, you're right. They change sometimes from moment to moment. Isn't that true? So we simply can't trust our feelings. But also, uh, can we always trust uh, our feelings? No. No. Now don't don't miss that we can't always trust our feeling, but also Cheryl. I'm sorry. We have faith in things being seen. Okay. But not just think about it. You
1: get a tumor. You have faith in your doctor. You have faith that cars go. You have faith that you're going to go
0: to work. But things you don't see, people have all kinds of faith. Isn't that the truth? But you got to have that spiritual eye to see him too, and they don't realize. You're right, Mike. And you know the thing is, Cheryl, you mentioned about the light switch. It worked before. It's worked all these thousand times. Guess what? Guess what God has done? This always there. Yeah, he, he always. He got a track record, okay? And uh, you know, if he were a car, there would never be a time he wouldn't start, right? People are light switch or light and every time he wouldn't turn on, he's always been faithful. So biblical faithful is not just faith, it's not just optimism. Uh, it's not believing in spite of evidence. It's so much more than those things. Now we, uh, I quoted verse one a moment ago, and that's a description of faith. And he says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. So, you know, kind of two key words there, the substance and the word hope. And uh, some translate it's, it's uh, the assurance of something or they translate it the uh, being sure of something, whatever it is. But those are two important words, substance and hope. Now the Greek word that's used for substance here in this verse, it was used in legal documents and it was used to describe evidence of ownership. Now think about that evidence of ownership. in our in our culture we would it's similar to uh, uh, a title deed, if you will. And so the writer of Hebrews here is suggesting, that faith is like a title deed. Think about this. A title deed for what we hope for. Now, if you got the title deed, what does that mean? It's yours. It's yours. And that's what biblical faith is. We have that confident assurance. And we have a strong confident assurance of what we hope for. Now, Brother Mike, you mentioned the God we can't see. We're going to speak in a moment about the fact there are a lot of things we can't see, but we still believe. But they're based on the fact that God said. Does that make a difference? Absolutely, it makes a difference. So, faith gives us that confident assurance That those invisible blessings are real, as real as they can be. And faith is being absolutely sure that what we hope for will come to pass. And we know that the world often uses the word faith in the wrong way. A second word that's important is that word hope. How does the world use the word hope? In what way? See what now? Okay. Give me an example, somebody. I knew somebody was going to say that. I knew it. Okay, that's true. I hope the reds win today. It could be anything. Now, there's there's nothing wrong with that, but what kind of hope is that? It's a wishful hope. They may or may not win today. Isn't that true? And that's true for any anything like that. Uh I wish it would rain tomorrow. You know, maybe you've got a garden that's drying up your grass, whatever. I wish this would happen. It is a hopeful thing, a wishful thing, if you will. Now, here's the thing. They would say, well, you have hope. We do. And we do hope. But what makes our hope different is God. He makes our hope different. Because we have that assurance that comes from God. And that's why our hope is different from the wishful thinking of the world. And by the way, if God says something, what can we say? It's going to happen. If God makes a promise, it is going to come true. So, our hope is based on a faithful God. And how faithful is He? 100%. He is always faithful. Faithful, a faithful God who cannot lie, and our hope is not a wish; it is going to come true. Verse one also ends with the uh, the word evidence, and uh, that refers to an inward conviction that we have as believers that whatever God says. Is going to come to pass. We have that assurance. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I thought about this this morning as I went back through this lesson. I think our faith grows, don't you? Because the more we know about God, the greater our faith is going to be. God who did it for them, you can do it for me. God remains faithful. Now, it's interesting when the world asks us, well, how, how do you know? Our answer would be because we have faith. And of course they would reply, well, it's just wishful thinking. Well, the answer, no, it's not. Our faith is a confident expectation based on the person of God. And we're going to find that true as we go later on in this chapter. We know who he is. We know what he can do. And we know that God will bring what he promises to pass without failing. So again, if God says he will do something, guess what? He'll do it. Does it mean to be done today or tomorrow? No. But one day what? It will be done. And it could be today or tomorrow. We don't know that. Now it's interesting, uh, verses 2 and 3. Uh, gives us two statements about faith. Uh, First, he commended them for their faith uh, because it was pleasing to God. And uh, now again, that doesn't mean that obedience is not important, but faith has to be there. So he commended for them. But second thing, he talks about the fact it's through faith that we understand how God created the heaven and the earth, how the worlds were made. Why is it through faith? Who was there when that happened? Just God. God. Now, I find this interesting. When the author made this statement that through faith we understand how the worlds were framed, that God made something out of nothing, does he sound like he's not sure about that? What do you mean, no, Dan? Yeah, he knows. He wasn't there. But his faith in God, because God says he did it, was unshakable. Now, think about, Brother Mike, you talked about a while ago some things that are invisible that we don't see. Speaking of God in particular. How many here would say, Your sins are washed away? Come on, raise your hand. Have you seen that? We don't see it. But why is it true? Because God says it's true. Does God watch over the affairs of mankind? Sure, we don't see it, but it's true. But like you say, Mike, we see evidences of it. And it's true. Okay, another question I have, we're talking about things we don't see. Yet, is Jesus going to come back for the church? How do you know? There you go. He said so. That's why our faith, our hope is sure, because it's based not on what we feel, but based on what God says. <laughs> Next question. When we die physically, will we, will we be ushered into his presence? Yes. What did Jesus tell the thief on the cross? Today you'll be with me. In 1st or 2nd Corinthians chapter 5, Paul said to be absent from the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. How do we know that's true? God said so. How many have how many here today have an an inheritance waiting in heaven? <laughs> Paul Snagras, have you seen it? Amen. Amen. Why? Because God made that promise. So this is not wishful thinking. It's not I hope it'll rain kind of thing. It's solid hope in God. Okay, here's one of my favorites. And the older I get, the more I want this. Will we receive a new physical body? Yes. We haven't seen it yet, but God said so. It is going to be true. Will there come a time when death and disease and decay all be gone? Come on, Wayne, that's wishful thinking. Why? Because God said it. God said it's true. But what about when you're having a bad day and you begin to wonder, Lord, is that really true? I mean, that's Satan trying to get at you, right? If God said it's always true, isn't that true? If God says it, it is always true. How about this? One of these days, we are going to be transformed into his likeness. Have you seen it? No. Is it going to happen? How do we know that? Look God says so. Aren't you glad we have a God we can place our faith in? No matter how we feel, we can place our faith in God. And it begins with a confident assurance that God does exist. And Brother Mike, I like what you said earlier. We can't see him with a physical eye, but we see evidence if you want to, right? He's everywhere in our world, at work in our world. Let's apply it. Live by God's word, being confident what God says is true. Uh, let's take one discussion question this morning. How does the unworld the, the unsaved the unworld, the unsaved world, how do they view our faith? How do they view our faith? Huh? Oh yeah, it's foolishness. Um They would say we're an enemy of science. A lot of things. But certainly our faith is not foolishness. It's not empty. It's based on the assurance of what God's word says. So number one, faith is being confident that what God says will come to pass, will come to pass. Now remember that, folks. If we have a promise from God's word, what can we be sure of? It's going to happen. God is going to keep his promise. He will keep his word. Any comment or question about that? How many are glad to have that assurance? Amen. Amen. Second key truth. True faith results in action. Now, I wasn't going to read this whole thing today. So I thought, no, we're going to. All right. Because I think it speaks volumes to our heart. Anybody want to volunteer to read all of those verses from verse 4 to the end of the chapter?
1: And he was called to go out into a place which he should have be. received for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of a promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of the same promise. For he looked for a city with the foundations, his builder and maker is God. Through faith, embrace them and confess that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth, the way that such things could put landed. To enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the he has in me, for he had respect unto the recompense of his reward. I pay for certain, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him in the invisible. Through faith, he cut the fasting and the strength of the blood as he did his first form of the first head. I pay a task. Which the Egyptians, the same, would <coughs> ground. I prayed the wall of Jericho fell down after they were accomplished about seven days. By faith the heart of Rahab perished not, with him, but them that believed not, and she had received his spice of food. And what shall I more say? For the time of the faith. dead ranks alike in them. And others were fortunate, not accepting deliverance, that they might have taken better resurrection. And others, had trial with full mockings and discouragement, came more over the problem than the prison. They were stunned. They were star in the sun. They were tempted to slay slain with the soul. They wandered about in sheep's and don't speak. They invested in the quick information. But and
0: all be in the thank you alan every time i read this it takes my breath away I think about this what what is one phrase we hear repeated over and over again by faith, by faith, by faith. And it's interesting, the idea here is that faith has always been the means of living. It's not just a New Testament concept, it's an Old Testament concept. And it doesn't matter what age you live in, how many know you'll suffer hardships? And some of those suffered extreme hardships, but how did they endure it? By faith. How are we going to endure it? By faith. It's interesting that God, in His list, begins with Abel. And uh, we have to remember now. I'll get back to Abel in just a minute. I got a little bit ahead of myself there. But the fact of the matter is this. The world is never going to like God's people. They're never going to embrace us. They thought they were weird in the old testament, they think we're weird now. And so we're going to have to endure. They did in when this letter was written. And here's what's interesting. By faith. God is never asking from us what he did not expect from other believers. They all live by faith. How much time have I got left, Alan? Oh, good, good, okay. So, beginning with Abel. And God accepted his sacrifice And we have to know one of the reasons I believe, because Abel offered it by what? By faith. And then he makes a comment: even though he's dead, he still speaks. He still has a testimony. Then he mentions one of the uh, the faith of Enoch. How many remember Enoch? What happened to him? Yeah, he was translated. And I never connected this till this week. Enoch had his testimony that he pleased God. So if you ask yourself how he pleased God, verse 6 gives you the answer. Without faith it is what? Impossible to please God. So the fact that he pleased God tells me he had faith. And also notice, verse 6 doesn't say, without faith, it's hard to please God. Without faith, it's difficult to please God. Without faith is what? Impossible. Faith is the key. And we've got a whole list of people here. And, uh, that followed God by faith. When God called Abraham, to leave his country. Guess what? God didn't tell him. Where are you going? <laughs> uh, Jason and Rhonda left Friday to go down to the National. And Rhonda is a stickler for details and making things planned out. And for the first time since I've known her, they left Friday, uh, late, late Friday evening, and they knew they needed a motel, but she didn't book one ahead of time. I said, Rhonda Luthie, is that true? I, Pam had told me that. He said, well, yeah, so we don't know how far we're going to drive. And we only got one child with us now. It's easy to get in a motel room. But God said, Abraham, I want you to go. Now, if I'd have been Abraham, what would, I, what would you have asked? Well, where am I going? He went without knowing. <laughs> Talked about his wife, Sarah. Um, of course, they left. What was familiar? By faith, he obeyed. He trusted God. Now, make sure we understand something. Of all these men and women listed in Hebrews 11, and certainly there could have been others, because the author says so. I didn't have, you know, faith wouldn't allow it; time wouldn't allow it. Which of those were perfect? None of them. And you know, Abraham is known as the father of faith for the Jews, and he made some poor choices. But aren't you glad that God doesn't focus? on our failures. He focuses on our faith. He focuses on our faith. Thank you, Lord, for that. That doesn't mean God wants us to fail, but we need to understand what he focuses on. It's also interesting, in verse 13 through 16, it begins to talk about if they, you know, if they got to thinking about the old country, they might have wanted to go back. But you know what they thought about? We've got something better. We have got something better. So they lifted their eyes heavenward. And they focused on that. And they they confessed. <laughs> this world wasn't their home. They're just pilgrims and strangers in this world. Then we find a list of a lot of people who live by faith. Whether it's Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob. All those. And one of the things I, that I remember from even from the first time I read this or early on. It said by faith... Joseph talked about his bones being removed when they go back home. How did Joseph know that was going to happen? God said they are going to, be, he had read the word of God. God had told Jacob when he go and told Abraham, when you go down there, you'll be a prisoner for, a slave for 300 years, but I'm going to bring you back. Joseph knew that. So he said, fellas, whenever you leave, do what? Take my bones with you by faith. Why would he say that? He believed it, didn't he? He knew God was going to do it. And then, uh, in one section, he talks about Moses, who refused to be uh, to give in to the culture, the different culture. And the writer says Moses saw the invisible God. Mike, you mentioned that a while ago. He saw the invisible God. But then, when you get to the latter part of the chapter, we see a group there that are unnamed personally that endured great affliction. Um, in fact, our mindset is this: We've been con- we we convince ourselves, if you have faith and your faith is genuine, you will always have victory. Thank you, not necessarily. That's a lie of the devil, okay? And you read that last group, and we would never consider those folks being people that were blessed by faith uh, as you look for their victory or their blessing. But here's the bottom line. They express their faith by remaining true to God. That's how they express their faith. And again, some of them were killed. A lot of them wandered around in deserts in sheep clothing or whatever. And what do you think the world thought about them? Yeah, you're nuts. But the writer says they weren't worthy of this world. But they all died in faith. How much time, Alan? You what? Oh, seven? Oh, good. Now, think about this, folks. Do you think their lives were easy? No. Uh, Dave Phillips called me the other day. We, we were talking about, not this lesson necessarily, but uh, Sarah and Abraham. And uh, when Sarah, when Abraham got the word, and I'm not, certainly not, I don't want to down... Sarah, Abraham laughed for joy originally, but Sarah laughed because she didn't want. It. She couldn't believe it. Now, by the way, I, I want to be careful today. Uh, I could be Sarah. Now, I'm a man, okay, but I mean the lack of faith. Now, she did come to, to faith, though. Her faith grew. And the bottom line is this. God can help our faith grow if we'll trust him now remember they were past childbearing years so from a human standpoint what was the possibility it was impossible but with God guess what all things are possible and of course nine months later she had a child wasn't long probably 15, 16, 17 years later God says to Abraham I want you to take that son of yours Isaac not Ishmael and I want you to take him on Mount Moriah and sacrifice him to me. What's Abraham do? Yeah. Now think about that. This is the one child that God promised him that would the multitude seed the children would come from him and would end up being so much number you couldn't number them, like the sand of the shore or the stars in the sky. And God, you're telling me to take this promised seed, the one we waited so long for, and sacrifice him. Now, I don't. Th- we're not told that Abraham said that. We told that he did what he obeyed, and he took some an entourage with him to get close to the mountain. And he says, "Fellows, you guys stay here. We, meaning Isaac and me, we're going to sacrifice, and then what?" We will return. The writer of Hebrews magnifies that story for us and reminds us that Abraham thought even if he killed Isaac, God would raise him up. My friend, is that faith? Yeah. And to me, the irony of Abraham's life, you know, God did tell him to go. without that tell him where? But Abraham spent his life as a vagabond or a wanderer in the promised land. But it never became his. But did Abraham quit believing it one day it would become? No. Why? Because God said it. So where does that leave us? Church, understand this. The longer we walk with God, Make sure you've got it nailed down that what God said is going to come to pass. He's going to come and he's going to take us home. And if he, if God tarries and some of you lost loved ones this last year and my heart breaks for you there's hardly a day goes by I don't say a prayer for you and some others that don't go to our church that I know lost loved ones. But I know this. The last breath of I take here. The next breath will be celestial air. I'll be ushered into the presence of God. How do I know that? I haven't seen it. I know it by faith. And not wishful thinking. My faith is based on what God said. Let's stand together. As I mentioned, next week we're going to be in Titus uh, chapter 2, but we be doing the entire chapter. Father, thank you so much for your precious word. Lord, strengthen our faith, and we'll give you the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless each one of you.